What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday on Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can follow our social pages on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, very excited about our guest this week. It's uh, my older brother, Tyler Hayden. Tyler's usually here talking about the Celtics, but uh, Tyler, you recently took a trip uh, across the pond, as they say, to uh, to uh, to England to catch a uh, Premier League soccer game. Yeah, it did. It was a, we'll get into it, but it was a wonderful trip. Good. So you are a uh, avid supporter of uh, Leeds United and uh, went to catch the uh, Leeds versus West Ham match. Mm-hmm. Uh, not this past week, but the week before, or maybe two weeks ago, if we're talking about the time of the time of this recording. So, um, first of all, what is what what was it about Leeds that like made you interested in this team? So, at the time, it was probably three. It was three years ago, and as we all know, it was the height of the pandemic, and it was the locked inside sport. All sports are canceled. And the Premier League was one of the first leagues to to start replaying um, their season. And my roommate at the time was a big Liverpool fan. So I started watching that with him and I was like, okay, if I'm going to get into this, I have to pick a team. And the season ended and they Leeds United had a two part, um, a two season Amazon documentary about the club. And it was coinciding with the hiring of Marcelo Bielsa as their football manager. And I I watched it. I fell in love with the club. Um, It reminded me a lot about the Boston sports teams. They have a a very storied history um, in the football league. And it's a one city club. And that just means like, if you think of Manchester, they have two teams and a lot of other smaller, uh, smaller clubs around Leeds, the city of Leeds only as Leeds United. Um, so the whole city is behind them. They had a, a rise. And then in the, after the aughts, they fell out of the premier league to the championship. And then again, fell to the, the tier below that and pretty much were working their way back up to the premier league, which is where they belong. Um, mm-hmm. So that's pretty much how I, I was like, all right, Love the team, love the coach, love the city. Uh, this is going to be my team going in. And at the time of the the restart of the next season, of the Premier League, that was their first year, year back. So it was a lot of fun cheering for a team that had just won promotion. And that season, they finished ninth in the table, um, which is pretty good for a team that just got promoted. A lot of teams in the a lot of teams will yo-yo between the premier league and the championship world. They'll be mm-hmm. up for a year, get relegated, come up and just bounce back and forth. So I was like, okay, great. Like they're here now. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, for the, for the listeners that maybe are not totally familiar with relegation, you know, there are a number of professional leagues in England, you know, premier leagues that the top league. And if you finish in, you know, bottom three, get relegated down to the next league and it's, um, a pretty exciting part of, you know, I think English soccer is as compared to like watching the MLS here that there are teams that are some teams that are, you know, really playing for their lives. Yeah. Yeah. It The relegation aspect really 
kind of aligns with I think how sports competition should be. Um, if you think about it, like if you have the Red Sox, the way they finish this year, like they would be playing a triple A. Um, and it incentivizes teams to keep playing until they it's they're mathematically relegated. Um, so there there's really no lull in the season. It's like you're always keeping an eye on the table. There's there's always something to be playing for, whether it's hey, we're gonna try to stay out, out of the bottom three for relegation or the top teams where it's like there's no playoffs. So whoever finishes the season as a at the top wins. And then right. the top four teams get to play in the Champions League, which is a a tournament style of all the all the different leagues in in Europe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's always exciting watching the Champions League because you get to see teams from different leagues play each other. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you get to see the the best players playing each other. Yeah, top um, talent playing top talent. It's yeah. like World Cup on steroids. Yeah. So kind of getting further into the story and you know why we're doing this interview so you know you took a trip uh to mm -hmm. london you know took the train up to Leeds. so um <clears throat> you know then i get i think it was you know whenever i got uh, a text from you that you know you'd gotten a picture with with tyler adams the you know u.s men's uh captain and just recently was named u.s soccer male player of the year yeah just uh walk walk me through that whole thing yeah so take a, a few steps back earlier in in the fall we had some friends uh visit from uh atlanta and they're big tottenham fans so we're in the bar watching the tottenham game and it's like at this time like two years into watching Leeds, and i was like you know what like i i want to see him live Mm -hmm. And kind of at the bar, I was like, "All right, we're gonna get tickets, and we're gonna we're gonna go over to your uh the UK to see him play." Yeah. And um, then fast forwarding up to the the trip, it was as we're trying to find like train tickets up. That oh no, there's a train strike, and so that pretty much meant there's a limited number of trains that we had to take up, and we were able to get an early morning one out of London, and it's about a two hour train trip, and so we're we're pretty tired. Um, and we get out off the train, find our way to the hotel. And as we are finishing up checking in, I hear some younger kids yell, Tyler, Tyler, come take a picture with me and my brother. And it's like, they're not talking about me. They, they have no <laughs> idea who I am. But we apparently booked our hotel at the team hotel for Leeds. And Tyler Adams was up on the, the next level up that you can kind of see into. Mm -hmm. And so like he walked down the stairs and obviously let like, the kids have their space and like of course, yeah. let them do everything. And then like, after they finished up, I was like, Hey, would you mind like taking a picture? Like we just, uh, just like arrived from, from like Boston. Um, and when I'm saying we, it was my girlfriend and I, who definitely I'm very thankful for her and put up with, Oh, Hey, like let's go to, to London only to see like the main impetus of it was to see a, a soccer match or a football game. Yeah. And she was the motivating factor being like, we cannot be here, see him and not get a picture with him. Because yeah, I think if I was by myself, I would probably do a little wave and be like, yeah. all right, got to go to my room. But he was ex extremely kind, um, very gracious with his time. Uh, so it was an absolute like high to start the day of like the match day experience. Like mm -hmm. 
by happen chance running into him at the hotel mm-hmm. and then like him being gracious enough to be like oh yeah sure like i'll take take a picture of you do a little chit chat yeah. um so yeah i mean he's been killing it uh he's yeah. been a real main main cog in the in the team this year uh mm-hmm. i'll say the season's not going exactly how we were all hoping it, it would be um we're we're not in the bottom three but we're definitely in a relegation fight uh halfway through the season uh we signed it he was a, a new player along with brendan aronson um for those of you who follow follow the men's national team um yeah. so hopefully it gets better but it was that was the the start of the day um and then because leeds is a one city or a one club city mm-hmm. there are a ton of murals around that have the different icons uh of the club um so the athletic has a, a mural map of the city and we were able to check off the calvin phillips uh mural okay and then another player who helped them up from the championship to the premier league pablo hernandez um so that was that was very cool to just kind of like walk around see the artwork see kind of like what the city is on like a game day experience mm-hmm. so talking a little bit more about the game day what what is the atmosphere like on a game day in in england you know and like you said a one a one team city yeah it it it's it's just very exciting like there's a lot of energy so we probably leave the hotel to walk over over to the the stadium um probably two and a half hours before the game because there's a, a pub that is adjacent to the um the stadium that has kind of like that's where you go before the game game starts so mm-hmm. walked in there had a pint there's like everybody that is there is is going to watch the game and is going to go into the match uh when we walked up to the door there's a guy who's like hey do you guys have tickets and we're like yeah and he's like oh, okay all right you can come in so mm-hmm. it's it's very i guess like my <clears throat> comparison is like the celtics uh where it's like you have everybody that's like there you have people that are there for the game, but then like, Oh, like we'll just like watch at a sports bar, but we're not like intending to go into the, into the game. Um, so we, it's, it's called the old peacock. So we went in there, mm-hmm. had a pint. We went to the gift shop, got a hat and a, a scarf. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then there is a podcast I listen to. Sorry to <laughs> let you know I listen to other podcasts um, called The Square Ball. And they they have a, a magazine that's kind of like a bunch of articles every mm-hmm. every few weeks. The, the artwork in it's really, really good, too. So it's like we were walking by outside the stadium and they were selling them. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll like grab one. And then he was like, oh, like we kind of gave him like because when we open our mouths, people figure out that we're not uh british <laughs> so sure. it was like we, he was like oh like one of the the hosts is like also selling uh it down there and so like i went over to him talked to him for a little bit he was also very gracious with his time and then we went into into the stadium um gotcha so going to like a, a soccer match over there in the uk how does that compare to uh, like any type of sporting event here, you know, you've been to many Celtics games, Bruins games, Red Sox games. What, how does, how does a game over there compare? 
it's it's diff like it's different um it's not it's really not like it's kind of comparable to hockey just because it's so fast-paced um right. when we were there like my girlfriend and i were like oh this is like moving a lot faster like we had no idea there's no time up so it's like then it's like oh like five minutes extra time and we're like oh i didn't realize we like had already played 40 like 45 minutes um the pace is very fast and then there are fewer people like moving about like the people are there to like it's a social atmosphere but it's like you're here to watch the game like it, it's less of a oh kind of like going to like probably the most dissimilar would be like a red Sox game because it's like oh yeah we're kind of here like kind of yeah. good to be outside nice weather drinking a few beers but you like you're there to watch the game there's chants that are happening like every few minutes there's um and so like <clears throat> i think that one of the biggest differences when i was there is like the away fans so like the west ham fans were only allowed to sit in a certain section and mm. between this their section and the leads like supporters sections there are police officers and there are spaces due to kind of the soccer hooliganism that happened in the kind of late 2000 or late 19 like a few years ago um just because it's like kind of can't trust you guys to get along right um, so it's like you the west ham fans would be chanting where's your famous atmosphere and then the leeds fans would respond with like marching on together which is their like club song um so it was that was a lot of fun and then like the result was a 2-2 draw which better than a loss not as good as a win mm -hmm. but i'm also glad there was goals because it would have kind of stunk if it was a nil-nil draw or like a 1-0 loss where it's just like ugh, yeah went all the way for this like I know that as a fan like you can't predict like you can't ensure that the games are going to turn out how you want right but like when the like when Leeds scored it, it just erupted and it's like three minutes of just cheering and yelling and then yeah. you get back into it and it's it's yeah it, it's really it's kind of like football um in a sense just like the crowd size um but much more i guess energized mm -hmm. yeah and that's so interesting you know i think when i've watched premier league games and you know maybe there's a team that's you know hosting that maybe is not having a great season their fans still you know get up like crazy when they score a goal and i think mm -hmm. like, that's always so interesting because i feel like you go to sporting events in you know north america and there are teams that are just bad and the fans just are like kind of whatever yeah um so that's that's really neat um i love how you mentioned the the chants and the songs so i was thinking about that earlier that you know there's not really anything like that over here you know yeah. there there really is never examples of things like that happening you know you might have here or there you know fans singing along to like a music, but it's like there are chants and songs that people have been singing for, for forever, you know, games yeah. like that. And like, like you get like, let's go fill in team name or like defense. But like, in addition to like the, the club songs, like there are songs for players. So right. when 
Willie Nanto, who's a, a player for Leeds, scored his first goal. Like mm-hmm. there was already a song for him. Everybody knew it. And like after the just eruption of like seeing a goal, it was like then the the Willie song started being sung, and it was just like I it it just it brings everybody together. It's like super yeah. energizing and fun. Like you feel like you're just like one 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 group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you feel like you're you're one of the one of the one of the group, I guess. Yeah. Um, so if there are people listening to this that you know are interested in doing a trip like that, what's what's some advice that you would give to people that are interested in going to see a, a soccer match? Um, I will say that the way we bought tickets probably wasn't the best way. Uh, we bought them on StubHub. <clears throat> um. But the best way to ensure that the tickets are like genuine is to join a supporters group. So like there's no lead supporters group in Boston, but there's one in in New York and the club will give an allocation of tickets to the certain supporters clubs. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the best way to get tickets to make sure that you know that you like this is your ticket and you can get in. I will say there's a little bit of a panic match day, just being like, I really, really hope that this ticket's real. Because yeah. yeah. Not like, cause like you can't, you, there wasn't anybody scalping tickets. Like the, wow. it's depending on, on the, on the size of the club. Like there's really not a, a people that are like, Oh yeah, we're buying, buying tickets to, um to sell them. Um, and mm-hmm. what I'll say is, specifically about leads and it's probably similar to other clubs where it's there are more season ticket holders than there are seats Mm -hmm. so even if you're a season ticket holder you you don't go to all the games depending on your level um so i'd say like definitely join a supporters group um and i like it's like it's not something i'm going to be doing anytime in the near future uh it would be i would I'm planning on going again in the next few years. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it was just a fun time. And like, it also coincided with new year. So like another, like kind of reason to go over and like kind of celebrate the new year. But yeah, yeah, I would like, if, if you follow club, like I would say, I I get also like plane tickets are expensive, but it's just like, there's really nothing nothing like it and like even just watching the games on the on tv they dull down the audio that's kind of being picked up from the fans as best they can but like they are so much louder than they are on tv um so it's it's like the match day experience is awesome and also like we it was a night game so it wasn't just like oh we're gonna wake up and like go to an afternoon game and have the rest of the evening it was like this is this is the event for for everybody right tonight. gotcha um so tell me a little bit about the uh uh or as, as they as they refer to it over there as a, a park or a ground tell me a little bit about the the leeds uh park so it is a little pretty kind of outdated um but that does have some charm to it of course um uh so like you, you kind of you go in and it's you have like your food stands like you have your like beer um there's people going around with like face painting uh you 
our seats were kind of just like a bench and it's like you go to the row in the seat and that's kind of just where you sit like you make friends with the people beside you um and also like another kind of difference between like uh football over there and, and sports here is like you can't buy beer and bring it out so a lot of the people like have some before the start of the game watch the game at halftime get some more but like you can't like there's less there's less traffic of people which is like when i'm at celtics games it's like pretty frequent where it's like oh like at different timeouts or pauses you see different people going but like just the way the game is played and Hmm. it's it's less conducive to like oh like i'm just going to get up for a little bit because i know there'll be a two-minute pause it's everything just moves very quickly and like it can turn on a dime um and then it like, I guess the the grounds. It's I'm trying to think of like what else to say. It, it like it was it's just older and the a little bit of inside baseball about the, the leads kind of like ownership structure is like they they have somebody who has owned the club for three four years four years and the 49ers football club has a significant minority interest. And in the next like year, it is most likely to switch over. And what they are planning on doing is investing and building up the ground and kind of modernizing it. Cause a big thing, I guess like another difference between football and and the American sports is Mm -hmm. it's not so much a salary cap. It's financial fair play which is kind of based is a mathematical mathematical algorithm, but your match day sales go into that. So the smaller the pitch, the less than you can like put into buying players um, and paying players their wages. Mm-hmm. So it, it is an incentive for clubs to build bigger stadiums. Um, and just like listening to some podcasts about it, it's like, Tottenham will be getting five to eight million dollars a game just on seat sales and match day um, revenue, and and Leeds is just a, such a smaller percentage because they have a smaller smaller pitch, right? Gotcha. So like it, it was it was cool. Like there's a bunch of like um, statues around the grounds, like walking in, and like the like quotes from uh, some of the famous players. So like that was that was really cool to see. That's that is really cool. Um... So having the ability to go over to Leeds and, um, you know, thinking about their their ground, what are some other uh, grounds or parks that you'd be interested in visiting if you got the chance to go over there again? You know, let's going say over, yeah, your road game, yeah, game. Um, it it would it would be really cool to see uh, Liverpool's, um, mm. just because it it is a little bit more u- unique. I feel like than kind of the the tottenham's and arsenal's um just because they they're the more recent stadiums there's just a lot of history right. in liverpool um i think it would also be interesting to see a game at everton it like they're kind of struggling right now and uh but like their their fan base is so committed to the club um and like the, their home the home field advantage is very real in in uh, the Premier League, um, just because 
you have everybody getting behind the players and it's loud and it's just the psychological aspect of it. Um, and they've like in the past, like last year, like they were pretty much able to avoid relegation because they turned their stadium into a fortress and, and didn't lose games. They were able to pick up points either, whether it's wins or, or draws to get enough points to get out of um, relegation. That's really interesting. Cause I feel like there are very few, you know, when you think about teams over here in any sport, the, you know, home advantage is like, they're only, I think, a certain few teams that do have like a big decided advantage. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting <clears throat> that it's like every team is like that over there. Yeah. Yeah. In theory, Fulham, at least. Yeah. Fulham would also be a, a cool um, field match, match day experience because it's built around a cottage where there to my understanding is where like the club was formed um so like it's just like a very unique park mm-hmm. gotcha uh, well this was a uh, really fun just uh hearing about the uh the trip and the experience um anything else that you wanted to, to add about the uh the whole thing no um i just push for for kind of like growing the game like yeah it's not just watching Premier League, Serie A, uh, Ligue 1. It's like also supporting MLS. Like, yeah, I think I think that like speaking very regionally, like I wish the Revolution didn't play at Foxborough because mm-hmm. it just makes it so much harder to get there. And right. it's it's not it's not a soccer stadium. It's it's a football like American football stadium. Right. So you even if like the team's doing well and like there's good attendance, it mm-hmm. just feels empty because it like, you don't have however, like 60,000 people going there. But if you had a, a 20,000 or 30,000 like person stadium, like I feel like the, like the match, the experience would be just so much better. Um, and it, it it's very interesting now seeing the number of players going from the MLS to the top, like going over to Europe, to to play um so yeah support local um grow the game yeah yeah i would definitely agree you know i'd love someday to you know hear about the the revolution building the stadium in you know the boston or the you know metro area because Mm -hmm. i think it would just be great for their fan base that you know people don't have to drive an hour down there to foxborough to go see a game you can you know be able to you know, yeah, have like a legitimate match day experience. If you like, you kind of miss that at Gillette because, you know, there's 40,000 empty seats. Yeah. You watch Revolution games. So, you know, I yeah. think that would be definitely something I would agree with. Um, all right. Well, this was great. Uh, great catching up and great having you on the podcast. You know, we'll probably have you back on later to talk, <laughs> talk Celtics as they can talk about the seas. Keep on rolling. Uh, Keep on rolling. Yeah, exactly. Um, All right, folks. Well, uh, we'll be back with you next week and uh, we'll talk to you then.